reading from Psalm 138, a psalm of David. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called you, answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, He looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, He sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, You preserve my life. You stretch out Your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The Word of God for us, the people of God. From 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning with verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Have you ever been talking with someone and said something that they clearly didn't like and they looked at you and said, first of all, let me do it to y'all, first of all, I hate that. I hate it. I know that they're about to suggest to me that I'm wrong and I do not like being wrong. And the other thing I know is that they're going to come up with other points. Because if they got a first of all, you know, but normally they think they're shutting you down, don't they? 
when they throw out that first of all at you, they're telling you, you've been wrong and you're thinking I'm about to correct you so that you can get on board my little boat. I hate that. I hate it. I guess, you know, it's, it just happens all the time. And normally it happens when somebody has given up on the idea of having a rational conversation with you. They're about to shout you down, right? They're going to get louder than you and they're going to point their little bony finger at you. First of all, first, I hate it. The other thing I don't like is when people say you want the bad news or the good news. What? <laughs> you know, I mean, at that point, you know, the good news is just relative to the bad news, and it might not really be that good. For instance, there was a man who had been feeling rather ill for quite a while, and he went to his doctor, and his doctor said, you know, I think we need to send you for a complex scan of your entire body because I have no idea what's wrong with you. And they sent him, and two days later, he got a call from his doctor, and he said, John, I need you to come in right now. And he said, okay. So he went into the office, and he sat down there in the exam room, and he waited the customary three hours for the doctor to come in. <laughs> and when the doctor came in, he said to him, I have good news and I have bad news. Which would you like first? And John, being like the rest of us, thought, you know, if I get the bad news out of the way, Then he said, no, that's not, I want the good news. I want the good news. So the doctor said, well, the good news is, we know what you have. I can't pronounce it. You have 24 hours to live. <laughs> and John said, his doctor said, man, what's the bad news? He said, I meant to call you yesterday. <laughs> right? Don't you hate conversations like that? That's how they all feel. I'm laying in the gurney in the emergency room in the bed, hopped up on morphine. I, man, I, I was so calm. He could have come and told me the hospital was on fire. I said, dude, I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, laying there, and the highway patrolman walks in, and he thinks he's being funny. He says, I have bad news and bad news. I, looked, I said, man, my stuff's laying all in the interstate. What you going to tell me? Oh, you got bad news and bad news. That's that kind of first of all conversation. What do we want? Do we want the good news to rule? Do we want the bad news to rule? What do we want? What do we really need? Can we really walk away from bad news in the world and act like it doesn't exist? This church that Paul is writing to, they've become somehow succumbed to bad news. Somebody's come in and told them, oh, this, this, no, this faith alone thing can't be it. Others had told them they can do whatever they wanted with the bodies because, you know, the body dies and it doesn't matter. They were called Gnostics. And they were confused and unsettled. They were still stuck in bad news that there wasn't a simple solution to the human problem. They were stuck in that bad news. They needed for Paul to come along and say, first of all, Y'all need to stop arguing with each other, he told them. You need to stop listening to idiots, basically. And he said, you need to remember the gospel. This world right now seems to me to just be festering with bad news. I cut the TV on this morning, probably shouldn't have, to see people arguing about whether or not we should, as a free people, we should be going to the Olympics and showing people what it looks like to be free. Right? I mean, that's a brave, good thing, I think. <laughs> No, we should stay home and, you know, not show people that there's something different in the world. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But we're buried up in bad news. I mean, the world can't even get together and chunk a javelin without arguing about it. 
bad news seems to always be coming. I looked down at my phone and it said I was three minutes from my motel. It's not, well, not a hotel. I mean, the place is kind of rough, but I was three minutes from it. And I got excited. And then all of a sudden, I'm being pushed down the interstate by somebody. It seems like all around us, when we are about to embrace the idea that things are good, somebody demonstrates to us that they're just not. <laughs> that this world has a complex, bad problem. We Christians know the story. Our, our forebearance, our forebears, if you take it literally or metaphorically, it's still true. The first human beings were told they could eat anything in the garden they wanted to. Anything. They could even walk over, eat from the tree of life, and live forever. But then they were told, but don't eat the other tree. And what did they do, church? Huh? The same thing your toddler does when you tell them don't stick a fork in the outlet. I did that. <laughs> That's not funny. It happened. It hurt. It was actually a cross pin in biology class, if you want to know the whole story. But, so. but we're drawn to that bad story. You know, what the, what the serpent whispered into Eve's ear was that she wasn't complete. Uh, you won't really die, you'll just be like God. And how, Man, how many of us don't want to be like God? Anybody? People are chasing after being like God every day, get more power, more stuff, have everything for me, claim the world. And that's the bad news. It's all around us. It's a constant infection, and it draws us away from being what we are. Because, dear ones, you were created in the image of Almighty God to reflect the glory of God in the world. That is our purpose. And everything we do is best when it's done for that purpose. But sin and death would distract us from that. Sin came into the world, Paul taught us, and it brought death with us. When Eve took that fruit and ate it, might have been an apple, might not. I think it was actually, actually, um, I think it was a Brussels sprout. <laughs> but whatever it was, she was contemplating the idea that she couldn't be, that she wasn't complete. And sin came into the world. And what's really crazy is some people, they blame Eve completely, right? You ever heard that? Some, it's usually a man who will say, you know, it was that woman's fault. But Adam was standing right there. We're attracted to bad ever since. Ever since then, our loves have been disordered. And we've loved things that are bad for us. I have come to the conclusion that human beings love war more than we love peace. That's why we don't have peace. I have come to the conclusion that human beings love stuff more than they love the comfort of their neighbor. And that's why we have poverty. I have come to the conclusion that human beings love exclusion and being the most important. And that's why there are people taking their lives today because they feel left out and unloved. And all of that is because we've been trained to chase after things that aren't the first of all. 
The world has trained us to chase after bad news. But Paul would say to us, remember the good news that I preach to you. That Jesus Christ came, that He suffered, that He died, that He was buried, and that He has been raised. And the greater scope of what Paul is saying is that dying, being buried, and being raised releases us from chasing after the bad news. We can stand firm in the goodness of God no matter what this rough world would throw at us. No matter what kind of hell someone might dream up to unleash on us, we can stand firm in the face of it and say, I know a God who is faithful, who is mighty, who defeated even our greatest enemy. I'm sure hell is horrible. But, you know, the closest thing I've known in my life was sitting in a chair and looking at a box that had my mother in it. That's the greatest of the bad news the world has to offer us, is every last one of us will one day be in a box that we will one day fall into the ground. But Paul here in chapter 15 of this book is reminding us that the Lord Jesus Christ will come and raise even that body from the ground and death will be defeated. First of all, he says, hang on to what you heard in the beginning. Why? Why? Because it will keep you from being led astray by all the bad news. There have been times in my mature Christian life where I have been so disappointed by my own behavior or by the behavior of another Christian that I wondered, is Jesus really healing us at all? But then there have been times when I have seen how the body of Christ cares for one another and I have been reminded that first of all, Christ has died, been buried, and been raised, and raised the people up to bear witness to the love of God that raised Him from the dead. Oh, dear ones, we live in a world choked to death with bad news. But we, we have something to tell them. We have the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And He that is the first fruits of the resurrection will one day come and release us all from the stranglehold of death. There is no bad news that can eclipse that story. So dear ones, my prayer is that you will carry that story into your homes, into your schools, into your workplaces, that you will live it out, that you will love that story and allow it to transform your heart, that you will be a vessel of good news and reflect the glory of God in this world that frankly could use a little good news. And that may seem overempowering. It may seem impossible. But over and over and over and over, 
For nearly 2,000 years, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has left its gatherings of worship, has left the communion table empowered to go out and speak the mighty name of Jesus in the world. Why would we think that the Holy Spirit would abandon us now? I know I can't say when you come to the table today because, you know, got that COVID thing. But dear ones, when you receive the broken body of your Lord, when you receive the blood shed for you, remember that in that very moment, the risen Christ gives himself to you. Almighty God pours God's life into you to send you into the world to speak the good news of Jesus. Remember that. Remember Christ. Amen.